We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the Rotowire Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. As always, you can use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit on DraftKings if it's your first deposit. That'll get you a free contest entry today. All right, let's get it going. Tuesday, March 29th, the NBA season kind of starting to trickle down a little bit now, and we're getting into some teams with single-digit games left. Um, it, it always seems like the, the NBA season to me is you know kind of segmented in – in three or four sections early season where you know all in trying to watch as many games as possible super excited then you start hitting you know the the christmas games that's kind of the big turning point and you get into a little bit of a lull before the all-star break get that little break to reset 
Uh, and now we're you know in the thick of a playoff race, and it starts to you know all these these races that I guess we've been talking about for the last couple months start to become a lot more serious, and it's a lot more you know if this happens, then this happens. You know, Eastern Conference kind of mirroring the Western Conference in a lot of ways. And I guess if you want to say four teams fighting for for two spots in the East, that maybe is being a little bit generous to the Bulls and the Wizards, especially with how they've played lately. Um, Indiana and Detroit, the incumbents of the seventh and eighth spots right now. And then in the West, of course, Utah, Houston, and Dallas battling for two spots among those three teams. But I forgot to introduce you, DJ Trainer here as always with Nick Whalen on Tuesdays. Yeah, people could sense I was here. I, I think it's all right. Your mic presence? Your mic presence. They could like, recognize your breathing? The, I think the way that you talk is a little different on pods with me than other people, too. You think so? I think you're friendlier. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I like to kind of set the set the tone usually when I'm on with, with someone else. You know, and it's, when it's James and I on Thursdays, it's no messing around, no fuss. He knows who's boss, who's, who's running the pod. But, yeah, I mean, it can relax a little bit uh, with you. Before we get into everything else, just a reminder, the podcast and all of our Rotowire podcasts are available on iTunes. They're available on Stitcher. They're available where else? Audio Boom. You can download them directly from rotowire.com. That's my uh, personal favorite way to do it. But iTunes, Stitcher, of course, those also work well. So, like I mentioned, playoff races will start in the East. And I think I try to ask you the same question every week, and I never keep track of what you actually say. But I think I, I kind of feel differently about which teams are going to get in every time we check in. I do remember last week you saying that. You thought Washington was going to get in, and you said if they sneak in as the seven or the eight, and if it's if they get in, it's probably going to be the eight. That you like their chances uh, against anybody in the East, but Cleveland. Cleveland's now up three games on Toronto. Uh, nine games left for the Cavaliers. Nine games left for the Raptors. Are we ready to lock Cleveland in as the one? I think we should. We had this conversation yesterday. I mean, we've got eight nine games left between those two teams, Cavaliers and Raptors. Um, despite the fact that LeBron James and the Cavaliers are kind of on a resting schedule, I think they're going to hold out. Kyle Lowry had to have his elbow drained yesterday, so let me remind you that that's not ideal. That's not an ideal situation heading into the playoffs. Uh, last Wednesday, he sat out to rest that elbow, but since then, he's played three games through the pain. Last night after the game, after getting his elbow drained, he said, I tried resting it, didn't really help, just going to play through it. I think that's what it needs. So obviously, he's not a doctor. But uh, we'll take his word for it. He's going to keep playing and uh, getting his elbow drained continually. But here's my thing about that, Nick, with the Wizards. Um, More so than my confidence in the Wizards, I do think that they put together a nice starting five here at the end of the season. Adding Morris, Otto Porter Jr. is only coming along more and more each game he plays. What I'm more so saying with that is that from the Raptors to whoever is the eight seed, I think it's a toss-up between all those teams. The Cavs are the only ones that I have true confidence in. And it's not that it's like, you know, the Cavs are that much better than everybody else. I just think that from the Raptors down to the Pistons, Wizards, Bulls, there's not a whole lot of difference. Because I think come playoff time, it's going to be really hard to just rely on two guys and two guys that are your two backcourt options. That is true. Uh, I I mean, Toronto it's pretty amazing what they've been able to do with their lack of depth, honestly. I mean, 49 wins is a team that could easily get to 54, 55 wins when it's all said and done. To do that with, I mean, who is their third best player? I guess Damari Carroll went healthy, but he's, it seems like he's missed. You know, he's been out Valen forever. Valanciunas, I guess. I guess. But he's really just an average center in this league. Yeah, right. I mean, if that's your third piece, it's it really speaks, I think, to what Lowry and DeRozan have been able to do. I mean, I'm sure Dwayne Casey will, will snag a few Coach of the Year votes just for being able to keep this team at the level 
uh, that it's been. I mean, this, I mean, some people were predicting the Raptors to fall, you know, kind of down into the six, seven range in the East. But I think by the time we got to basically Christmas, it was pretty much established that there was this hierarchy in the East and they were a slight cut above teams like Atlanta, Miami, uh, and Boston. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far. And I said this on the last podcast to say that it's a 50, 50 between them and a team like Washington. Um, although Washington might have arguably the best player in that series. Yeah, no, I think it is a 50-50. I think it's a toss-up. I will not be surprised uh, with uh, with any outcome I see. Um, the only thing that will surprise me is if the Cavs don't win the East and kind of roll through the East. So, I mean, I mean, what's your favorite team? I, I mean, I guess you're saying that the Raptors are your favorite team out of the East, but after that, would you agree from 3-8 to eight or 3-10 to even 10 that it's just a jumble and nobody's really that much better than anybody yes. else? Three until, yeah, I guess 10. I mean, Chicago, when healthy, is, is not the 10th best team in the East, and we know that. But it, the way that the schedule works out, I mean, Jimmy Butler, somewhat frustrated Jimmy Butler, said yesterday, you know, it, I'm not who I, you know, I can't get healthy. The way that the schedule is right now, it's either I miss these games and we risk, you know, falling even further behind in the standings, or, you know, I play through it, and that's what he's done, and it really hasn't worked for them. And he, too, um, by the way, last night after the game said he's dealing with pain in his knee. Yeah. Since since missing considerable time, he's averaging 35 minutes on the court since he actually sat out originally with the, with that knee injury. So a couple of guys are really going to push it to the edge here as the season comes to an end. Yeah, yeah. I, it's shocking to see the Bulls kind of fall off like they have. And obviously they have their injuries, so it's not, you know, I wouldn't call it a collapse by any means, but... I mean, a team that's consistently been in the top half of the East, you know, five, last five or six years. Uh, it's interesting to see that new blood up there. But, I mean, the Easter Conference to me, it's it's the Cavs on one tier. It's the Raptors on a slightly lower tier. And then, you know, it's like you said, three through ten after that. I don't think this will necessarily be a cakewalk for Cleveland, um, whether they're the one or the two. It's interesting. This will be LeBron's only second, if they do finish first, only the second time he's won the East since I think 2009 or since joining the heat basically he only won it once in Miami didn't win it last year I mean it hasn't really mattered no it hasn't mattered he and all the other teams and the coaching staffs he's played off understand that uh you know getting healthy and getting momentum going into the playoffs is far more important that's why we're seeing just some some garbage lineups um from good teams and bad teams I mean last night the the Kings rested their three best players so did the I mean so did the Spurs and we're gonna see LeBron rest tonight on this Tuesday and so um man in terms of lineups there's just some garbage I mean Boban Marjanovic Kyle Anderson uh Jordan Farmar Tony Allen these are all starters that started in the same game last night I it's it's pretty incredible uh what both what both these teams are throwing out there really last night and you know LaMarcus Aldridge was kind of able to to take control on that one but uh, I asked this to Benny Ricciardi on our failed podcast yesterday that that had some audio issues and we were unable to post uh but it was a great conversation I, I love talking with Benny he's a guy who knows a lot about hoops but you know, I, I kind of asked him what we thought we were going to see from San Antonio in these last two matchups with Golden State. And I think we both agreed, and, and you've said this before, that we don't think San Antonio is going to throw out its best. And they, they kind of gave they gave the Warriors their best twice already. I think beating them that second time, you know, a couple weeks ago, about 10, 11 days ago, now it is, uh, I think Pop saw what he needed to see. I think the players, from a confidence standpoint, saw what they needed to see. You know, all right. They smacked us around once. We smacked them around once. It's even. I don't think you risk kind of messing with that at all. You know, you throw your best at Golden State again, and maybe you do beat them, and it gives you more confidence, but maybe you lose, and then you're kind of back to, oh, man, I don't know if we can beat this team. I think 
right now they're good mentally. But my question to Benny was that, you know, Golden State now, nine games remaining for them. What if they lose? I think they're, they play Boston on Wednesday and they have Portland on Saturday or Sunday. You know, teams that theoretically could give them a little trouble on the relative scale of giving teams or giving the Warriors trouble. What if they drop one of those, they drop maybe one more, and they go into that last San Antonio matchup with nine losses? Like, part of me thinks, you know, the most Popovich thing is to rest all the starters, but there's a little part of Popovich that you know would love to give them that 10th loss. Yeah. What a scenario that would be, honestly. That would be something. That would be so much fun. What do fun. you think? I mean, I mean couldn't you totally hearts? see Pop just smiling before the game? Like, yeah, we're going to go beat him. Yeah. Why not? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. And, of course, he would pull out the old adage, like, what? We're out there to win games. You know, he, he'd probably be like Hacka, Hacka Azili midway through the yeah. second. Or Hacka, <laughs> who? I don't even know. Hacka Iguodala. He's not a great free throw shooter for them. Hey, I tell you what, though. I mean, it's all about the mind games heading into the playoffs. I don't think that's a bad strategy for – I mean, I don't think he's just trying to be like uh, – you know, like a menace either. If he, if he did take that approach, I don't think he'd be a menace. I think that he's trying to get them rattled before the playoffs. How much of a letdown would it be for this Warriors team not to get that record and then start the playoffs? Don't you think mentally there'd be a massive letdown? Because so. they're at the point now. I mean, they have been at the point really all season where Kerr is talking about it, Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. They're all talking about this record. They've all They're all on record saying, if we could do this, it would be amazing. We're certainly trying to do it. Um, if the Spurs were able to just snatch that out of their hands, that well, would been, be such a good offensive move to right. just like rattle them before the playoffs start. And it, it's been they've been able to talk about it because they've been on course for it. It hasn't really been in jeopardy that much, you know. They haven't. It's not like they've strung together a three-game losing streak at any point. Like it's never really seemed like it's that unattainable, mm-hmm. you know. And I think the pressure hasn't quite ramped up yet. And you know, we always see weird results at the end of the season in the NBA, and a lot of that is due to rest and whatnot. But you know teams, it's hard, I think, even though the Warriors have been the Warriors and they've had this huge, huge target on their back all season, if you're, I don't know, the Utah Jazz, I think it's hard to get up for a game to the level that you need to be in mid-January. Even though you know the Warriors at the time have four or five losses, I think when they're, you know, when they're a game or two away and you can tangibly see, if we beat them, they might not get this record, I think it kind of makes you play maybe a little bit harder and care a little bit more about that. Most definitely, and I, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, this is not ideal. This is not how you want to be heading into the playoffs. When you have a cushion, you want to be resting, guys. LeBron James is resting right now. Tim Duncan, resting. Kawhi Leonard, he's dealing technically with a quad contusion, but he's resting. They're, t- they're playing it safe with him. And so, you know, you can say what you want about being the best regular season of all time, regular season team of all time, but if you're looking to win the championship, you'd be resting your best players right now. You simply would. I, I think there's an argument for that, and I've said before on, on various mediums that the way that they've managed minutes all year and they're such a deep team, you know, it's not like they're pounding one guy over and over and over. I mean, I just read today, Kyle Lowry, you know, all this elbow stuff going on. He's averaging 38 minutes a game since the All-Star break. And, you know, I, they're, Golden State, I think, rather than taking the play a guy a ton of minutes a few games in a row then rest him, you know, the feast or famine, I guess, approach, they just kind of go – they take things so easily all the time that I don't think the wear and tear doesn't build up quite as much as it does with other guys. And it's hard to say as, you know, I full disclosure and I, you know, hopefully I've revealed this before. I've never played in the NBA. I've never played a full NBA season or anything close to that. So it's hard to, you know, for me to look at the difference and say, Oh, Curry's averaging 33 minutes. Harden's averaging 38. It's like, yeah, five minutes, whatever. It doesn't matter. But you know, I think you, you multiply that over a, what 80, 80 game sample at this point. I mean, what does that become, 400 extra minutes? 
Yeah, no, it, it certainly adds up, and that's why I'm so flabbergasted that Toronto has been able to keep this pace. I think I've said multiple times, and and really the Portland Trailblazers are a good comparison on the other side of the of things, where they just have C.J. McCollum and Dame Lillard. You talked about. Um, Dwayne Casey maybe getting a few coach of the year votes. Why not Terry Stotts too? Considering oh, Stotts, I mean Stotts is probably one of the front runners, right? I mean, yeah, I think you, you'd have to. Cons- I mean, let's not forget that C.J. McCollum wasn't even expected to be this good this year, and even if he was, it's still a great coaching job by Terry Stotts. And so, uh, yeah, minutes do matter. That's why I'm saying it would be nice to rest your Curry's, your Draymond Greens, your everybody's. I mean, just play. Uh, play Brandon Rush 40 minutes over the next eight games. I think if you could sit down and create an ideal scenario, that's what it'd be, but that's not what we're going to see. And you know what? For us, though, that's like one of the last things. That's a, something keeping this regular season alive um, that we're, we're watching because normally it just kind of closed out. There's a couple of good cl- you know, races at the end, but those two teams ended up getting shut out in the first round of the playoffs. Anyway, I mean, this is legitimate entertainment, and I think – um, you know, it, it's fun for the NBA, but I'm very cautious that this is not the appropriate way to head into the playoffs. It's the appropriate way if they get the record, though. You know, if they get it, how you, how could you go in any hotter than we're the best team ever and we just beat the team that's supposed to be closest to us twice? You know, that probably will have happened if they get the record. Um, so we'll see. I mean, there's no real way to to kind of predict what's going to happen yet. And I guess the Warriors that they, I mean, if there is a team that's been predictable, it's been them, right? I mean, they, other than the scrambled losses to the Bucks. I think they lost to Detroit, Denver, you know, on kind of random games. This team has taken care of business just about every other time. So it's, to me, it's hard to see them not getting it, especially with the way that the Spurs are likely going to play those two games. Don't forget a loss to the Nugs. Oh, yeah. Quick sidebar, by the way. You mentioned McCollum. I was listening to, I think it was ESPN Radio. I was listening to the radio yesterday while driving in my 2006 Buick Lucerne. Humble brag. Wow. Well, I mean, it it is a ten year old Buick, so <laughs> try to brag when I can. Uh, but they they were talking about Buddy Heald, and this is I was I don't get demonstrative while listening to the radio, but I was throwing up my arms <laughs> like I don't know who these guys were. But they were saying, you know, I, Buddy Heald. I think at best he gets to this version of CJ McCollum, not even like two years version. They were saying like, you know, I think he, maybe he can be this kind of CJ McCollum that we're seeing this year. Like, I think Buddy Heald's ceiling is higher than that. This has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but, you know, he's a relevant guy right now. Yes. Uh, Well, that's a big question because if Buddy Heald would have came out last year, he did a – you know, he asked the committee, um, you know, where his draft stock was, and they said second round. So, obviously, people in the NBA think the same. He'd be on a lot of teams right now. Um, I don't know. Now he's projected to be top 10, and rightly so. It is kind of a down draft class. It's something we might hit on over the next couple of weeks. But – I do think he's kind of of the same style of C.J. McCollum. I think that his build is bi- is bigger, and so he can potentially be a better defender, and that right there will give him, you know, exponentially more more opportunities to stay in the league than I don't. McCollum is still really tiny, man. He's so tiny that I just don't think he helps you out much. Heald's already bigger than him, right? Like stature and strength wise. Yeah, no, I think that Heald probably has a higher higher potential just because of his of his body stature period and his ability to you know maybe take a guy down low on the block if if the opportunity presents itself like a jj beret or something like that like cj mccollum can't take jj Berea down on the block not that that should ever happen but i just think that there's a lot more longevity in store for buddy Heald than a cj mccollum type i think so too i think he's i don't think he gets enough credit for being the athlete that he is i think it's easy to he's McCollum kind of been, or Heald? 
Heald. Well, in in some ways, McCollum too. I think Heald's a better athlete. Yeah. Um, I think he's he's kind of gotten the Steph Curry treatment. You know, you see, there's a chart that was going around over the weekend of you know like most efficient three point shooters. Like he's not just a three point shooter. Curry at Davidson was mostly a three point shooter. Mm-hmm. He he didn't have this complete game that he does now. I mean, it's it's hard to compare. 2009 Curry to to Kurt Curry it's it's a completely different player I don't see I don't think Heald goes through that type of transformation but he's a much better player off the dribble not as a better passer but a better scorer a much better scorer off the dribble than I think Curry was at this age yeah no I I think you're right I I think you're right I'm excited to see what he has to offer I mean if he does you know fall into I mean that's just such a typical thing for like a legitimate NBA player to to fall out of like where teams that actually need him would go. And so he'd like fall and land in like a solid team. It just doesn't situation. Like, you know, like how could you take Jamal Murray over buddy healed right now? I love Jamal Murray had an incredible second half, but he's, I mean, he's a less athletic version of buddy healed. Right. And not, not nearly the volume scorer. The problem. I mean, here's the issue and it's, it's always comes down to this. We've talked about it before too, is that, even if Murray is the same player as Heald, you have like four more years of Murray. You have three more years of Murray. If Heald is a sophomore or a freshman, is he? Is there a three-man conversation for the number one pick? Yes, yeah, I think exactly so too. Right. right? It wouldn't even. It's all about age. It's it's so hard to even envision that because he would be doing this as a true freshman. You know, like he would have been a huge recruit, and things things would like his profile would be different. He wouldn't have. It. it I wouldn't say he's a rags to riches story by any means, but you know, like he wasn't. I think he was a two or three star recruit. And this yeah, wasn't this yeah. wasn't a guy that people were saying like in three years he'll be a top five pick. Like not not at all. Mm-hmm. Murray comes in with those expectations. I think it's easier, it's harder to climb up the board than it is to fall. I mean, look at Scal. He's still listed as like a as like a top ten guy in some mock drafts. Right. It's ridiculous. But here's here's the thing. And like guys like Devin Booker aren't making this you know the situation any easier because Devin Booker is a good NBA player right now. And he's only 18 years old, you know? And so you have so much time, if you're the Suns with him, to be the franchise player over the next 20 years. Whereas you take Buddy Heald, you like him a lot, but maybe he's 23 years before, you know, he's his first season in the NBA, takes a couple years, and then he's already 25, 26. You know, he's hit his peak. And so I, I know it's a bit ridiculous because if you look at teams when they draft him, you usually don't hang on to him for the rest of their careers. And I think that's one point that we made in favor of taking seniors in college is that you're not going to have him throughout his whole career anyway but I, I man there's just NBA in particular gets so caught up with the potential that's not actually there uh, you know like putting so much added value and added interest into something they haven't seen yet um, is incomparable for a lot of NBA scouts and so I think people want to say that healed is as good as he's ever going to be in the NBA if he gets any better it'll be marginally better which is something you kind of already alluded to Murray they say he's already pretty good though I, don't, I, I mean know. there is the belief of course that you know Going from one level to the other, you don't just carry over and just dominate here, dominate there. That's pretty rare. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, to me, it's just odd. I mean, he's not a 26-year-old senior. He's 22. Sure. I mean, like, I mean, look at Damian Lillard right now. How, who's complaining about him being too old? Right. You're right about that. I don't know. I, just, I, I just think that's that's overblown, and it's teams are gonna teams are gonna get burned on it. And in, in a couple of years, I think we're gonna look back, and either I'm gonna be saying, "Wow, man, remember when I love Buddy Heal? That like <laughs> I, I think he's in China now." Yeah, or it's going to be like, of course, why do we not take this guy? It's almost like Clay Thompson too. I mean, he was a guy who was an upperclassman. To be fair, he he had the the marijuana thing right before the draft, which everybody seems to forget about. That maybe knocked him down a little bit. But 
I could see Heald in one or two years being one of those guys where it just seems like, wow, how did so many teams pass on this guy? It seems so obvious. I do think C.J. McCollum is a great comp for him, though, at least over the over his first three seasons sure. in the league. I think he can be – I don't think he gets to, like, Harden territory, although he does remind me a decent amount of Harden. I It'll be tough to get him in the right spot to ever, like, become that assertive where he's comfortable having the usage that well, Harden does. here's the thing. I think that Heald has more self-confidence or more confidence in his game than Harden did when he came yes. into the league. Harden, well, what, wasn't there that story where he yeah. called he, he called Presti he wrote, and yeah, wanted he, him to take him? I think he wrote a note to Presti and said, can you please take me? I've always been better as being your two or three option, not the main guy. And which, then And then he decided later. to leave Houston to be the main guy <laughs> in a major mar- media market. But I think Heald has more confidence in his game. I mean, if, if we want to talk about confidence let's go back to James Harden in the playoffs um, and he just kind of choked I don't think he'll chokes in an NBA playoffs I think he's ready to go wow. rapid fire off the bench and so yeah. he's got that going for him but he doesn't have as many you know facets to his game that Harden does to me there's a difference between choking and just not getting shots to fall on your first finals too I, I wouldn't say Harden choked in the finals but I'm also not I was also rooting against Harden in that finals so I, I think I maybe view it a little differently than you do I think um, he choked but whatever Let's get to what we were actually supposed to talk about um, on this podcast. And I just wanted to ask you quickly, I don't even know if you've had a chance to look at this yet, but first team All-NBA, this is something that won't be announced. It seems like these these things always take forever. You know, it's like way into the postseason, you, they finally start trickling out. And they out, do it but, one day at a time, too. Right, exactly. Um, this is, this is going to be the toughest, I think, and it, it's been so tough lately with the depth of talent in the league, but... Who gets left off of the first team? I mean, Steph Curry is a lock. I think Westbrook is a lock at the two guard spots. I mean, Chris Paul has been great as always, but it's, I mean, you can't deny Westbrook this year, the way that the Thunder have won, and he's still putting up the numbers that he has. Then you have the forward spots. Kawhi, Draymond, LeBron, KD. DeMarcus Cousins, I think, is, in my mind, he's up there, but I don't think, you know, I, I don't think in the minds of voters he's maybe quite to that point just because of the team record, but the numbers say he's he's right in that category. Even if we're just taking those four, LeBron, Kawhi, Draymond, and KD, only three of them can get on that first team. And the other thing here is that in the past, voters generally like to keep one actual center on each team. Last year, Marcus Gasol, first team. Pau Gasol, second team. DeAndre Jordan, third team. So there was an actual true center on each of these teams. Yeah. <laughs> that it's means tough, you're gonna man. I don't I don't know man is is this gonna be the year LeBron falls off? No, I think Leonard is gonna drop before that. Happens. I think it'd be Draymond. Or KD. I mean was KD I guess KD was hurt last year, so that, that was a little bit different. So right now I, so Curry Russ are kind of locked in. I think we both can agree. Curry is a thousand percent lock, Russ is like a ninety eight percent lock. He got a triple double last night and it didn't even lead any new I mean, yeah. it just, I mean it's, it's ridiculous. It's out of hand. So Leonard James Durant rounds out your your five, and I think that Leonard is gonna be the guy that falls. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I mean, a guy who could I mean Leonard might finish second in the MVP voting and not be first team. Yes. And that's happened. I mean, I think a couple of years ago, Tyson Chandler was Defensive Player of the Year, and he wasn't first-team all-defense. Now, let me ask you this. How much do you think it's his shy personality that lends himself to not being, you know, like the first thought when we think of first-team all-NBA? What if he I was think, bombastic with the media, went out there, called his shots, proved it on the court? Don't you think we'd give him the edge and something like this? Well, we're not like voting. This? You know, I mean, it's the media. People that are voting in these— in the for these awards and know what they're voting for i, I don't know I, I like to think that you know writers coaches whoever it is they know i i don't think they i think they do their best they probably if anything they're like apathetic about that kind of stuff i mean you always hear coaches just handing their ballots off to assistants and just just get it over with we don't care type of stuff so i mean maybe i, I think i think durant though is kind of past that i think he's when healthy 
and he has been this season. He's you know he's a top three face of this league. Yeah, fair enough. I so by what you said about the center, you think Cousins has the best opportunity to jump into the first team. I in my mind he's a first teamer. I'm a a big time sympathizer of of the Demarcus Cousin cause. So then but, you're pushing out Leonard. Uh, well, as you can see here, I have Curry, Russ, Leonard, LeBron, and and Durant is my first team. If I, if I was like actually choosing, so right. I mean I could, you, I can't make a serious case for Cousins. You know, I, I, if the Kings, you know, had a surprise season and won forty five games and got the seven seed, then there's probably a chance. But I mean, he he's a guy that to me, the way that he the, his reputation has gone, I think works against him you know he i mean durant doesn't do anything to harm his image cousins actually does things to harm his image and perhaps most importantly you look at the other names he's being mentioned with and these are all top teams in the nba mm-hmm. and so yeah it's just it would be out of place you know i mean right. there's a precedent to look at with these awards whether there should be or not and that precedent says it's pretty tough to be a first teamer when your team is the sacramento kings but he'll be second team should be should be we'll see second team i think chris paul's a lock for second team he just kind of always is. He has He's, to be. I mean, it. You can't. I mean, who else would it be? Honestly, I, you. Can, I can. It's tough to find an argument for someone better. If you want to do Lillard, Wall, but I mean, Paul gets one of the guard spots, right? I think Chris he Paul. does. No love for Jimmy Butler, huh? I think. Well, mm, yeah, it's tough. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna have end up playing missing what ten to twelve games, and playing well below his ceiling for like twenty games. To I me, think, that's. That, I mean, that's like a third of the season. Well, who who gets the edge, Harden or Butler? Ugh. I think you got to give it to Harden. Harden was voted the player's MVP last year, which just seems like forever ago, a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Yes, and his it numbers does. are like as good this year. That's a whole other story. I would go Harden. I'm a, I'm this the, year. His numbers are better this yes. year than they were percentage last year. Percentage-wise, not quite. But like, st- it's not like he's terrible percentage-wise. You know, He's slightly lower from three, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but no, I'm I'm of the belief that it's all, it should be all numbers. Like that's why I think I can make a case for Cousins. In reality, it's not. But I, you know, I think you should throw team dynamics somewhat out the door unless you have a guy whose usage is just completely out of control. And you know, it's it's clearly a, you know, an act I guess in some way to just go out there and get numbers. But I don't know if Harden's he's probably the closest I guess to that category. But I don't know what I'd necessarily call him selfish. Well, here's what I would do with your second team. So you've got on the first team, Curry, Russ, Leonard, James, Durant. I'm okay with that. Second team, Powell, Lowry, George, Paul George, Draymond Green, DeMarcus Cousins. I'm kicking Paul George off. I think he put Harden there as a small forward. Sure. And if we're gonna I'm go all num- if we're gonna go all numbers, he's averaging twenty three and seven, whereas Harden is averaging This is another situation though. If Houston doesn't make the playoffs, then George maybe has a quite has a slight edge. Yeah. I People forget also that Harden like barely snuck into the All Star game, which is again <laughs> ridiculous because his numbers have been fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think George Butler, Harden could all kind of contest for that last spot. Even Clay Thompson's going to have a case. No, the I don't the think, wins, man. I know the wins, but we're using so many different arguments to legitimize one, yeah. and then like excluding that same. What argument about Aldridge? With other players. Do you think? So, I mean, do you think he'll kind of get the the wins argument going in his favor too? I and mean, he's played well. Of late, he, I, had a, he had a rough start. He's to a the third season. teamer to me, maybe. Power forward. I mean, the Spurs team only got one All Star. I don't. I wouldn't say they're he's, necessarily. They're, there's not. A, there's not two spots locked in for Spurs. Lamarcus is averaging eighteen and eight this year. I don't think. I don't think he gets in. On, I don't on think so either. Top two teams, maybe third, but I mean, it helps that Gasol's not in the mix really this year at all. It helps that Anthony Davis shouldn't be top three. Well, that's the other thing. Davis is on there. Drummond, I think his name will come up. Yeah. Um, even Whiteside. I mean, Whiteside's numbers 
if, if you go like per 36 are absolutely ridiculous yes and he's another guy with the reputation you can't have, he's coming off the bench you can't have a first i mean unless it was like a harden playing for okc or something like that you're not going to have somebody who's coming off the bench for a significant portion of the season make still, first three still teams playing like it. 30 minutes a game i mean i don't think it'll happen but i wouldn't be like there there haven't been that many good centers this year if they if they do adhere to this kind of archaic in my opinion uh ritual i guess of picking a true center on each team it's like who who would if they do that who is the first team center well i think it has to be cousins yeah and then second team davis drummond hey here's a name i'm going to throw out there that for legitimate third team consideration if we're going to go by numbers carl anthony towns yeah i would be 18 10 1.7 blocks sure and it's interesting because blake griffin being hurt that takes him out of all this um I mean, I think, like I said, I'm of the belief that Butler's injury will kind of cloud things a little bit for him. Um, and I guess maybe it depends what happens down the stretch here. John Wall, just the way the Wizards season has turned out, like, I mean, he's a guy who's, I think, probably a third teamer, no matter what, but a guy that probably would have been a popular pick to, to get up to the second team. Does Lowry get on second team? Mm, I mean, that's they're going to reward. They have to reward Toronto for finishing second in the East with one of those two. You'd think. I mean, do you? I mean, if you had to pick one, you would pick Lowry over DeRozan, I guess, because yeah. you can make a legitimate. Case I mean, Lowry started the, the All Star game, right? So I think Lowry over DeRozan, but then you got to throw Lillard in there if you're going to give. I mean, Lillard puts his team on his back, and yeah. so I think that he should be third team. Anybody from the Heat, Hawks? I mean, Millsap will have a case for third team. Dwayne they get Wade. Dis- they get disrespected. They get disrespected by the fans, by the media, by everybody. Right. I do. Not, I'm not expecting any Atlanta Hawks on any three of these teams. I would hope not um all right so games from last night anything you want to point out i watched uh yukon women last night yeah you told me that why Just wanted to i well i read an article over the weekend you know there's as they near their i think actually i saw this as a trivia question i don't know how many is it their fourth or fifth straight final four well i will be asking you that later on in the show i want to say it's their fifth final four but they're going for their fourth straight title um well, here's my th- here's my reason why I question you. It's it's not because it's women's basketball based on when there's NBA on later or at the same time. It's UConn is so dominant. They've won like what like 120 games by 10 points at least. Like, it, is that even fun to watch? Blogs that well, that's kind of why I haven't watched them. I I was just like, you know what? I kind of want to see this. How dominant are they? I mean, they're okay. coming off that 60 point win over Mississippi State, and Goodness. they were dominant, but it wasn't. I mean, the game was never like out of control until the fourth quarter i hate that they play quarters now i don't know what the deal is with that um but i mean it was it was fine they they still beat texas by 20 plus it was it was never in doubt but it wasn't there was an article written i think this week about how they're killing women's basketball by being too good it wasn't like that i mean it was still an enjoyable game to watch sure and i think yeah i don't even really have a hot take on this whatsoever i didn't know they went to quarters yeah i don't know i really don't know why i I don't like that because it's the same reason I don't like it in high school basketball. And actually in Wisconsin, they switched over to halves this year. Um, because what, what teams would do is it gives you four opportunities to hold the ball for the last shot. And in high school basketball, teams are not shy about that. If you get the ball, you get a rebound with 45 seconds left, your coach is going to be telling you to hold for one shot. Yeah, And that's what happened. I, I went back and watched a couple of my high school's playoff games this year, and sure. same thing happened every quarter. And you're losing basically a minute of each quarter because a te- excuse me, a team just holds the ball. So... I think that's that was kind of the goal to to take those away. Fair enough. All right, let's just rapid fire through the games last night. I'll just yes. give you one. I'll give you one thing that happened of significance, and then you tell me whether you care or not. So Lowry getting his elbow drained—that was the most important. I thing. I care. 
care about that. Uh, Kobe Bryant got handed his worst loss of his career, 48. Ties the franchise worst last time out against March 7th against the Clippers in 2014, 48. I think Rodney Hood almost bested the Lakers in the first half. He did, and he he was close to the the single game three point record too. That was a game I was following on Twitter um, while, while doing some reading, and yeah, I saw I saw that Bryant had like switched himself onto Hood to make sure that yes. he wasn't going to give him any open threes. Like that's such a Kobe, that's such a 2016 Kobe thing to do. <laughs> hey, he did um, it at the end of the first half. He shut him down and he forced him to pass yeah. the ball. Uh, after the game, Coach Byron Scott degrades his players per usual, says. They don't know. Guy. Yeah, they don't know what uh, you know. They don't know what it takes to be true NBA players. All that good stuff. You got to teach them, Byron Scott. You need to be the one who teaches them how to be NBA players. Don't just cut them down for not knowing. Do you feel like we've had like the three worst coaching performances of all time? They, like um, Sam, Sam Mitchell, Mitchell, Byron Scott, and now Kurt Rambis kind of coming oh on strong goodness. at the end. Like though they're like the Spurs, Warriors calves of coaches like it's like three of these like historically great teams all in one season like they're they're that bad yeah so last night just to throw like if you don't know much about Kurt Rambis quite yet uh Jerry and Grant uh didn't play last night whatsoever just like was if, he, you, if you're if you're listening with kids cover their ears right cover now their ears, yeah uh, Jerry and Grant didn't play last night uh because Rambis was looking for experience on the court mm-hmm. why was he looking for experience uh I don't know so the Knicks could what does yeah. that even mean? Like, who well, did he play that? instead? Sasha Vujicic? Yeah, it, it makes no sense. It's like it's one thing for them to mess up and make a bad decision and not play him and then own up for it. Like, wow, that was dumb. But just to come out and just, like, cover yourself with just, like, a weird, weird It's also why. another situation when uh, – what what was I reading? I think it was – I think it was a, a Chauncey Billups uh, Players' Tribune article last week, and this is an odd reference, I guess. But he had mentioned that – you know, he he was drafted by who was it? Who drafted Billups? He went. He it's bounced around like think. crazy. Yeah. I think was it Boston? Um, well, he was. I think it was Boston. He was he was drafted by Boston and then traded midway through. Yeah, traded his midway through year. his rookie year to Toronto. Like yeah. where? Do you, whoever thinks that Chauncey Billups played in Toronto, whatever. So he, he goes to Toronto and he said at the time of the trade, you know, he's, he'd played fifty one games for Boston. It was right at the deadline. He wasn't playing poorly. He was averaging you know per game eleven points, four assists. For a rookie playing off the bench, you know, I think that was pretty fine in 25 minutes a game as I act like I just know these stats and I'm looking at his <laughs> basketball reference page. Um, and he said Rick Pitino, the coach at the time, came up to him and said, I don't have a choice. He's like, I need to make the playoffs. I need to trade for a veteran. That's what I've been told. Uh, so you're gone. And, like, that's not the situation at all with these coaches. No. Like, they all have no expectations. They're all there to develop youth, and they're just, like, not doing it at all. It's frustrating. It's very frustrating. Make me and Nick coach. We'll be co-coaches. We'll do it for free. Yeah. Talking to you, Phil. Talking to you. It's it's just frustrating for guys. Like, because there are real things at risk here. Like If you're D'Angelo Russell, it's got to be stressful to think, like my reputation is getting killed right now. Like I look like I'm a bad player because of what's going on behind the scenes. And like it's... I don't know. I don't that know. If, I don't know if they realize the actual like long term damage that they're causing. I that one's tough because Kobe Bryant has overshadowed. I think actually, if Kobe was not on that team, that he would be killed, getting killed even more. I think that's been the saving grace. For it was him. clear five games into the year that they had zero shot of competing yeah. whatsoever, and they've still still did, like it took what sixty games until they finally were like, yeah, hey, you know what, this Julius Randle guy is averaging a a double double as a rookie. Like maybe we should start him. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I. I don't know why it's so like. Why are we the only ones who's obviously it's been a while? I don't know. Well, I are they though? Like, I think yeah, I think they are. I think yeah, I mean that they are. 
right. but they're also you can also tank it's been proven time and time like look at the timberwolves your four best players can be under 25 and you can still tank the hell out of a season and end up with probably another top five pick yeah i like that a lot all right what do you got next um uh, so Brooklyn, Miami, Wade turns back the clock, scores 30 points. Josh Richardson, the only active point guard for Miami last night. Uh, Brooklyn has not had a three-game win streak all season long. Yikes. Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm not surprised. That's your hot take. I like that. I, that, that, does, that does matter, I guess. That's just sad. Um, Atlanta, Chicago, we already talked about Jimmy Butler playing with left knee pain. That matters. San Antonio, Memphis. Uh, oh, man, the starting five for both of these teams was atrocious. We'll keep it moving. Phoenix at Minnesota. Brandon Knight and Devin Booker each go for 30 points. Wiggins goes for 32, goes to the line 21 times. Whoa. He almost fouled out the entire starting five of, of Phoenix. That's uh, crazy. It was pretty amazing. Starting five for Minnesota continued to produce, produce nicely for fantasy purposes. Uh, Gorgie Dang, Levine, Rubio, Carl Anthony Towns, and Wiggins. Pretty good fantasy options as of right now. Yeah, Minnesota's been the rare team that, and I think Zach Lowe pointed this out in, the, in his column, that is horrendous but still extremely fun to watch at this point in the year. Like they're, They finally seem, I mean, they're not winning a ton of games, but they're they're leaning so heavily now on Towns, Levine, Wiggins, Rubio, and like all four are playing well, and all and three of the four are so young that it still doesn't matter in the wins column. But like, this is, I think, fine. If you're Minnesota, this is what you wanted to see all year. And this is what the Lakers could be doing. They could yes. still be tanking, and the Knicks could be doing the same. Thing. Right. I think does Minnesota have like unquestionably the best core, right? Especially with the way Rubio and Levine over the past month have been awesome. Like those were the two that you were kind of on the fence. You know, everyone, not just you. I'm not singling you out. I don't even know where you stand on them, to be honest. But that those are the two that I think you're like people are most iffy on. You know, Wiggins and Towns are the big assets, and it's like if you get anything out of Levine, great. Rubio, jury's still out, up and down. But I mean, those four right now look excellent. And what about Gorgie Dang? Gorgie Jang, I like. I I don't know if I would say he's like a core piece. You know, I mean, to me, he's. He's a guy you definitely want around, but I also wouldn't be shy about trying to upgrade at the position. Sure. But you have to make a call on him. I think is this his fourth year? I mean, he's. I think they'll either have to extend him. They might have a qualifying offer this year. Um, but either way, even in the next year or two, you're going to have to decide what you want to do with Gorgie Chang. So there's only two other cores that I'd like to bring up in terms of being the best young cores. First of them, your Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Giannis, Middleton, Jabari Parker. I think that needs to be said. I think... You know, at the beginning of this year, we would have thrown MCW in there. Probably not now. The other Definitely core, not now. Yeah, the other core I want to talk about or throw into that mix um, would be Utah Jazz. And actually, I think Charles Barkley has said multiple times that he thinks this is the best young core. He said earlier on in the year, Rodney Hood is looking very well. Gordon Hayward, Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert. Throw in Trey Lyles if you'd like as well. Don't forget Dante Exum. Alec Burks as well, who have been out with injuries right. for significant Exum portions. and Burks are the big ones that people forget about. People yeah. also forget how ridiculously young Derek Favors still is. Right. I mean, he, he's, what is he, 23, 24? 24 years old. Crazy. And, and Hayward even is only 25, 26. Yep. Um, and he seems like he was, I think he was only in college two years, but it seems like he was there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a, I think you can argue any of those three. I'm, I mean, I'm right with you with Utah. They've certainly proven the most out of any of these teams. And that doesn't mean playoffs, but I think that just shows like how little that the Bucks and the and the Timberwolves cores have proven. Fair enough. Uh, Dallas last night starts Dwight Powell, Justin Anderson, Coach Rick Carlisle really struggling to find consistent starting five. The season comes to an end. They are tied with Houston. Who do you think wins out for that eight seed in the West? Houston and, and Utah. 
I think stay in. I think Dallas drops out. Too many injuries. Can't rely on Dirk as much as they have. It's it's really they've been bailed out by Dirk being Dirk. Really, I mean it, it, the expectations for him. I think were so much lower and wrongfully by all of us. I guess setting them that low. I mean he. I wouldn't even be. I would not be upset if he got like a, a lifetime achievement third team All NBA nod this year for what he's been able to do. I mean, he's basically single handedly kept this team in the playoff race for seventy games. How many years before he retires? Just, I think he's got. Well, I think he commented what the other day he could see himself playing a couple more years. I mean, he's totally fit into the Paul Pierce like, you know, kind of slowly give every year give up more and more responsibility, and mm-hmm. you know, doesn't have certainly the ego of guys who try to hold on too long. Averaging 31 minutes, 18.5 points, 6.6 rebounds. I mean, he's still doing it. He's still – I think you can make the case for that third team, although I will say Carl Anthony Towns would deserve it over him, and I hope that the voters would recognize that. All right, be part of the action all season long at DraftKings.com, the official DFS partner of Rotowire. With Daily Fantasy, you don't need to spend months micromanaging a roster. You can play whenever you want. You can pick a new team every time you play. Challenge your friends in a custom league to prove you're the superior GM, or you can square off against basketball fans from around the country for big prizes. Go to DraftKings.com now. Enter our promo code ROTOHOOPS to play free. DraftKings.com, the official partner of RotoWire. Again, that promo code is ROTOHOOPS at DraftKings.com. Time for trivia, Nick. I alluded to it. You told me that you watched a little of the NCAA Women's. uh, I guess it would have been Elite Eight last night, so I'm going to test some of your knowledge, Mr. Um, collegiate Mr. Women's, women's basketball. basketball man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, let's. I uh, got three of these, then we'll move into some NBA yeah, playoffs related trivia. Uh, how many seasons in a row have the UConn women made the Final Four? I'm going to say five. Nine seasons. Nine. So you are way off. Oh pace yeah, there. I guess yeah. It seems crazy that they would ever be eliminated before then. Yeah. All right. Wow. That's All right. a lot. All right. Uh, name the four regional sites for the NCAA women's bracket this season. I think they were playing in like Bridgeport last night. Is that? I don't know how they do it. Do they? Do they transfer sites between the first and like third rounds? Uh, Bridgeport is one of them. Yes. Talk about a home court um, advantage for you. Yeah. Right. Jeez. And they're and they're playing. I think in. I think they they made a play in Providence at one point too. Like they were they were close. Um, I'm going to guess Kansas City. They have that arena just sitting there that no one uses. Is that one? Sprint Arena. No. Uh, no, that's not one. So Bridgeport um, is a good one. Let's see. Anaheim? Good guess, but that was a uh, side of the men's this year. Seattle? Good guesses. I mean, all cities are going to be within the U.S. Oklahoma supporters. City, no. Tulsa, Texas. I'm just going right, to general. Texas. Texas. Yeah, bingo. Texas bingo, in general. Bingo. Yeah, all right. Dallas. All right. Good that's on that one. Um, one in Kentucky. I'm going to test your geography. Uh, not quite. Lexington? Lexington, okay. yes. So I have to imagine that happened at, at Kentucky. One more. Uh, the heart of America. The heart, the Green Bay, Wisconsin. No. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We got Topeka. Topeka. Wichita. A, a little further north than both of those. Lincoln. A little further Denver. north as well. Oh, a little further northeast. That's uh, right. I'm talking Moines, about the Dakotas, baby. Iowa City. Pierre. Bismarck. Keep going. Keep How going. many more cities are there out there? <laughs> what, Montana? Your regional site, your last regional site was Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls. Jeez. All right. Well, didn't even know that they did that out there. Yeah. Uh, where is the NCAA Women's Final Four being held this year? Indianapolis, Indiana. Good pull. Good pull indeed. 
uh, of course, last year. They had a couple promos for that. All right. I like it. Moving on. Um, So you need to brush up a little bit there. I know. All right. NBA playoff-related trivia. James Harden has played three seasons in Oklahoma City, of course, and almost four in Houston. Of course, he's about to finish his fourth now. Which team of those two teams has had the most playoff experience during that span, a.k.a. games played in the playoffs? Uh, it's probably close. I, mm, Oklahoma City. I mean, OKC, that one season with the finals must have played a ton, but I guess even last year, Houston make it as far as they did. I'll say OKC. OKC is correct. So 20 total playoff games for OKC, 17 for Houston. Um, let's see. How many of those came in that one year? I mean, oh, wait. No, no, excuse me. Excuse me. I, I misread. So, OKC, 43 total yeah, games. Okay, okay. Houston, 29 total games. <laughs> so, okay. in that 2011-12 season when they made it to the finals, OKC played 20 playoff games. So, obviously, that was sure. a big mark. But last year, Houston played 17. Uh, really, what it was was in the uh, 10-11 and the 9-10, combining for 23 for OKC that really puts it over the edge, whereas Houston has basically bowed out in the first two rounds previously, six and six games respectively. So uh, this is Dirk's 18th year in the league. How many times has he made the playoffs? So essentially out of the 17 years that he's been eligible to make the playoffs, because he's not eligible quite yet, uh, how many has he made the playoffs? 15. Very good guess. 14. So his first two years in the league, he missed his, the Mavericks didn't make the playoffs. And then, of course, not that long ago, the 12-13 season, Mavericks did not make the playoffs. But pretty good pretty good rate. And if they make it again this year, 15 out of 18, I mean, come on. That won't be bad. That won't be bad one bit. Uh, have the Bulls failed to make the playoffs since drafting Derrick Rose? Yes they or no? They have not. No, all seven seasons. So one of the longest, actually, in the NBA so far. Uh, since you're drafting your boy Ursan Ilyasova and Chris Paul in the 2005 NBA draft, which team has more playoff experience, the Bucks or the Hornets, Bobcats slash Hornets? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, it's got to be the Hornets, I think. I mean, I don't, I mean, have they even gotten out of the first round? I know the Bucks haven't. The Hornets have not made it out of the first round. So I guess who's played the most first-round series? Exactly right. Ugh. I'm going to stick with the Hornets. It's got to be close. So the Bucks have played 22 games since drafting Ursan Ilyasova. Hornets have played eight. Both of those. Chris Paul only played two playoff series with the Hornets. I don't even know if it was that. Let me. Open I mean, it had this. to be right. Yeah. So, huh. uh, not even that. So I guess just one. Oh nine. Interesting. 10, and they got swept by the Magic in four games. Hmm. All right. Noted. Yeah. Duly noted. So essentially, Anthony Davis is taking on the same role of Chris Paul. What are you talking about? Chris Paul played. Wait, what do we – he played, like, 23 games in the playoffs. For the Hornets? That's what basketball reference tells me. Uh-oh. Real GM. We have a fight here. Between 07, the- 08, Hornets. I think – I mean, you're. I think you're thinking that – because they took back the other Hornets history. Like, they're the Pelicans. Oh. <clears throat> so, like, the Bobcats do not have the same history – as the Pelicans or the Chris Paul Hornets. The Chris Paul Hornets are the Pelicans, mm. if that makes sense. Wow, I'm really learning a lesson on today's show. So, all right, throw that it's question confusing. out. It's confusing. Throw that question out. Uh, I mean, Hornets, Bobcats, Hornets is confusing in and of yeah. itself. So, all right, thanks, Record Books. Uh, since drafting Blake Griffin and Steph Curry in the 29 NBA draft, I promise you this one will work out. Which team has had more playoff experience, the Clippers or the Warriors? 
So games played? Games played. I think it's the Warriors. The Clippers have actually had more games in the playoffs than the Warriors since drafting Blake Griffin and Steph Curry. So 44 games for the Clippers, 40 for the Warriors. Um, So the Clippers have one more year of being in the playoffs, but of course the Warriors made up that gap last year, of course. Uh, Some rapid-fire questions here. Who has the longest playoff drought in the NBA? Minnesota. 12 years. Kings with 10 years. Who has the longest streak of not winning a playoff series in the NBA? Um, a good guess would be Minnesota. Well, right. I mean, are, are we talking about like, so it includes like Minnesota who hasn't even been there? Right. Jeez. Um, not winning a series. How about Toronto? Have they ever, they've never won a seven game series, I know. Raptors is the correct answer. Okay. 15, se- 15 seasons since they won in the 2001. Bucks got to be, I mean, I think the Bucks will be 15 this year, won't they? Yeah, it's getting pretty close. Let me see here. I'll pull it up. I think they're second, actually. Yeah, well, I think the year that they went to the East Finals 15. is the last year, if I'm correct. Actually, they're tied. My apologies. So they're tied. Bucks and Raptors. Thank you for covering sure. my butt. Okay. All of these questions, Nick. Uh, so, yeah, Bucks and Raptors combined. It seems like the Bucks will have that streak in hand by the end of this playoffs. I think so. Well, I mean, Toronto could still lose. It's possible. To my Wizards, of course. Uh, who has the longest streak without a conference finals appearance? Uh, Clippers? Clippers. 46 seasons, a.k.a. they've never made it to the so Conference So are they finals. the answer for longest streak without a finals appearance, too? No, they are not. So How are what, they not? Well, 46 seasons, they've never made it. Um, is there a team that's been in oh. the league longer than 46 seasons, which has never made it to the finals, essentially, is how you got to go here. Sure. Um, Toronto hasn't been in there long enough. I think Boston's been to a finals. Um I did like the Nets. I don't know how you complicate their like ABA history, how long that would be. Um, let's see. Cleveland? Have they been to a finals? Of course. Oh, wow. Okay. I never mind. I'm like, I just like completely, I was thinking yeah. it was pre LeBron. I just DJ, threw that out. Like, you had a DJ trainer moment yeah, there for I, a second. I mean, yeah, I just like started the history at like 02. Um, <laughs> hmm. How about Atlanta? Atlanta is second, 55. Okay. I know Washington. Their last got a appearance finals. in the finals was 1961. They lost against the Celtics. Um, Memphis is another tough one. I don't think their history goes back long enough. 21 seasons. They have never made yeah. it to the finals, but sure. obviously, history, like you said, big issue there. Houston's been there. Have the Kings? Sacramento Kings, 65 seasons. Last time they were in the finals, they beat the Knicks or beat New York. 65. 1951. 65 yeah. seasons without making That's not it talked about finals. enough. Seriously, talk about That's a crazy. crowd. Um, here's a nice easy one to end on. I'm assuming you'll take this one home. Who has the longest streak of making the playoffs in the NBA? Spurs. Yes, sir. All right. That was 18 a straight seasons. Pretty good. That's it. That's it for trivia. That is it. Um, do we have anything? Usually we have something to, to kind of show for at the end here. I guess we can go back to talking about the tennis podcast. Yeah, that's coming up in the near future. Going to be sponsored by Rotowire. Is it really? Yeah. Is it going to be called Quiet, Please? It is. No way. Yeah. Nice. Big deal. Big time. I look forward to coming on. Oh, wow. Awkward. I'm just going to invite myself <laughs> I don't know anything about tennis, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come on the pod. All right. Fair enough. Thanks so much for joining us.